0: finally at the end of dragon age origins not really i mean look look this is the end of of origins proper let's say that we we made it we got through it we had some laughs we you know we had some tears and a lot of pain a lot of pain <laughs> mm. Oh, welcome to Normandy FM. As always, I am Eric Van Allen, joined by my co-host Kenneth Shepherd. Ken, are you ready to put the nail in the coffin on this thing? At least one of them. <laughs> we uh this this episode's coming to y'all a little bit late because if you can't tell from my voice, uh Ken and I were both out in Boston this last weekend for PAX East. Uh we had a wonderful time. Ken was actually part of a panel uh, that was uh, all about, I, th- I think it was all fairs in love in Bioware. All fairs in fair, love in BioWare. Yeah.
1: Bioware.
0: Yeah. Uh, mostly about the many, many romances of Bioware and why we love them so. Uh, I was not able to attend or, or be on said panel because I was busy at the time uh, dealing with some uh, video game sharks. But. I believe that audio should be going live soon after uh, this this podcast episode goes live. Yeah, it'll uh, be on the reignite on the reignite channel. So, friends of the show reignite, uh, we'll be putting it up on audio. I believe there was mention of a video. Not sure. That's all kind of up in the air,
1: but that's out of my hands. So, like, I'm just kind of it'll happen when it happens. So that's that but yeah so go listen to that on reignite and then come back and don't stay over there stay with us we are your people stay (laughs) with us stay with our show
0: i mean i mean reignite you can go listen to reignite now because now you know we're we're past mass effect all right they're still on mass effect they're they're doing their thing over there uh for us here we're all about that dragon age these days uh and can we have a lot of dragon age to get through i don't think we we properly appreciated the length of the episode that we left for ourselves here Mm. at the end of Dragon Age Origins. Although who knows? It it may go fast. Uh, Before we get into the nitty gritty, which is basically going through all of the lands meet uh, and then into the finale of Dragon Age Origins, we do need to address a few companion quests that we would have had pop up at this time. I think... Uh, we, we've, we've talked about them in scattered bits, uh, in the past. I know that, uh, I think we, I, I believe the, the issue funny enough we had was that we talked about some of them, but it was on a podcast episode that's now lost to time. Uh, so we'll start so with now? Alistair. Uh, we'll start with Alistair's companion quest because I feel like it does pertain a fair bit to the way that things mm-hmm. can play out here mm-hmm. in the finale. That's fair. Uh, just to do, like, a brief rundown, we're just going to do, like, very quick rundowns of these and then kind of talk about how we each felt about them. Uh, for Alistair, we find his sister, Goldana, in Denerim. Uh, he's very hesitant to go visit her, but uh, we can convince him to do it. And we uh, we go in and we talk to Goldana, and she is not very receptive to Alistair. She basically not- turns it turns it on him and is like, Uh, you shit, you ran off, like, you got to be the noble bastard, I had to, like, raise my family here in squalor, uh, you need to help me, or whatever, and, uh, it it, it goes pretty, it's not the rosy reunion that Alistair expects, and and once we leave, we get the option to kind of, like, kind of talk to him and say, like, hey, that sucked, man, I'm sorry, you know, it should have been better than that, Mm. or we can harden him we can tell him people are like this the world is like this alistair become hardened uh <laughs> i did not do that i i was just i just kind of sympathized with him nope. uh i, why, I know we're, why, we're why ruin his spirits oh yeah, yeah we got to make him feel better he's he's our bro pal man. he's he's our number one throughout this this game you know, he's always there. And and sometimes we force him into situations that are awkward for him because we find it funny. Uh, but we'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I enjoyed this quest a lot just because I felt like it gave some more character to Alistair mm-hmm. and also mm-hmm. kind of gave you an idea of why he's so aloof, I think, is because he's just kind of never really had someone who's who's wanted him there he's felt unwanted for mm. a lot of his life because uh, he's kind of been shuffled around you know he was a royal bastard and then he was sent off to the templars and, and the chantry and then finally uh the templars as he's about to be accepted to their order he gets taken off by the great wardens and now he's the last great warden and it, it you know you can see how he would feel very rejected mm. at, at all these different points so to have goldana do the same to him hurts a little bit but mm. you know we can kind of I, I was just like yo buddy you don't need to worry about that you got me i'm family right here mm-hmm. this about is family.
1: family it's always about family ken what did you think of this i mean it, it sucked like just to have to like watch him go through that and like in spite of everything that he is he does seem to have like he believes that, like, everyone has, like, the best intentions, and he has, I like, guess, a, a very rosy-eyed view of the world. So, like, it is it is sad to, like, see him, I guess, come crashing down so hard. But I was also of the mind that, like, just because, like, yes, this didn't work out doesn't mean that you need to lose that sort of, like, faith in people that you have. And this is, what, like, kind of what I told him in the end. Like, I'm sorry it turned out like this, but there are other, like, there are other families out there
0: it's it's interesting
1: uh we can also
0: i think i brought up last episode how morgan's uh stuff goes basically you just go and kill Flemeth, and or you that's don't about it well
1: uh, you go and you think you kill Flemeth, or you tell flemouth <laughs> that you will tell morgan that you killed her oh wait did you do it that way no but i know that it's an option
0: oh okay okay i was yeah um you can you can also trick her but come on are you like don't be a dick <laughs> it's, uh, and then we we acquire Flemeth's real grimoire for for Morgan, mm. and that's that's about it there. Um, mm. I, for a character that I think has a lot going on, especially here at the very end of the mm. game, uh, I was a little disappointed with how that specific quest resolved. It felt like it was just very, um, like it was a diversion, and obviously Morgan gets more exposition both. Uh, in the DLC, we will be playing for for this show, and uh, in later games. But okay. I, it, it was kind of a a little bit of a bummer. Again. I mean,
1: it is one of the one things in this game that is like an ongoing thread, instead of this thing that is just kind of yeah. Yeah, is is definitely
0: like it's it's the decision that you don't think is going to have extremely long-lasting consequences and then it ends up doing so because of just how much it plays into this which is i think another interesting thing about dragon age that it does is that it, it does a good job of making these decisions that you make that might seem minor uh in retrospect kind of ripple out in ways in in further games because uh, in, in mass effect one they kind of signpost the big decisions you know they say like hey this is the end of Novaria." Uh, you're going to decide whether the rachni live or die boom there's there's your choice that's the big choice you make and i think the uh the way that you could totally if you're just trying to get through this game if you're just trying to breeze through it you could totally miss this section this this side quest and not even know it and then you know two games later realize how big of a deal it actually was and how much it plays into the plot of dragon age as a whole um speaking of characters that definitely matter later on in the series (laughs) when (laughs) Mm. (laughs) um just kidding uh when uh basically this is what i like to refer to as the start of the the character trope that bioware just could never get out of their heads Uh, when we, we can have some encounters at this point where, uh, she activates this sort of spirit within her and, and later on faints. Uh, and, and when we finally approach her and camp concerned about it, basically tells us that, uh, she was killed by a demon at the circle tower, uh, was basically brought to death, if not very, very close to death, but then a spirit, so kind of the opposite of a demon, as, as she describes it, mm. uh, possesses her and keeps her alive. But it is gradually weakening her. So she is basically dead, but being kept alive by spirit. Uh, we can express some concern over this or whatever. Um, I see, Ken, that you mentioned that you have additional dialogue here. Obviously, if you're a mage, uh, you can kind of delve into that stuff with a little bit more technical Mm -hmm. (laughs) know-how as it were uh this the weird thing about this is that it doesn't really go anywhere right um you know it's it it's just kind of a beat that happens and you learn a little bit more about her but a lot of these early companion quests don't really have these big grand resolutions or anything like that not in the way that say like dragon age 2 has Mm. uh where they they have very specific bespoke missions that say like oh this is the this is the mission where you gain loyalty or you like really cement your friendship or your rivalry or whatever with a character um here it's just a lot of oh well this thing happens and Mm -hmm. and that's what the story beat is but for that i don't know win is one of my Honestly, least favorite characters in the party, mm. next to next to Sten, and as I'm going to get into in this episode, Ogrin. But mm. uh, yeah, quickly cooled on him. Mm. Um, but I do think that when is kind of interesting as this blueprint for characters that will come later, like Anders and Cole. You know, mm. d- characters who deal with similar. Uh, archetypes and mm. who they are. Uh,
1: what did you think about just when? Well, I mean, this part, you know, is, you can, I can really take it leave. But the, she also has this section. I don't know if you like got to it, but Bond realizing that she is like dying. Uh, you can mm-hmm. basically be like, "Do you have any major regrets?" She talks about uh, like an Elven apprentice that she kind of drove away, oh, yes. yeah, yeah, and um, you, <laughs> she was told by the Templars that he was dead, but he mentioned at some point wanted to find the Dalish and so we can actually go back to the forest and talk to some of the elves and find out that this dude is actually alive and, like, ta- Oh. Yeah, and... I've
0: I've never... I've never come across that. Yeah, and then... The times I've played this, that's interesting.
1: So, they like, you know, we go find him, they kind of have, like, closure of, like, she's like, I was too hard on you, he was like, I was a bratty elf who wanted to find the Dalish and... So she offers to, like, let him come back to the circle, like, unscathed. And for some reason, I didn't really know why he's kind of, like, toys with that idea. Because she's like, you could be, like, you know, some of the, like, a future uh, kind of, like, trendsetter in magic. And then he says something along the lines of, like, well, this was specifically for uh, Mage Wardens. I don't, I I assume this does not happen otherwise. He says, I mean, but you've got this mage right here who can probably be that kind of person. And so later I did have the conversation with her. She was like, is that something that you're interested in in doing? Like going back to the circle and like helping kind of change things. And I mentioned at first that she could do that like on her own, but she says that she doesn't expect to live that much longer to see that and like see any like real change in the circle. And it kind of made me sad a little bit considering what's going to happen in like literally one game. Like I don't, I don't know what happens to Win after this game because, like, I mean, there are epilogues, but they're they don't matter anymore because they're not canon. Because nothing in Dragon Age matters, um, and <laughs> it makes me wonder like, was she around to see like the things that are gonna happen in Dragon Age Two and Inquisition?
0: I I do wonder about that because I think Win as a character would have been interesting to see in the, in those situations, mm-hmm. but um, you know we are we are left to wonder we have one more character that we will talk about but we'll talk about them later in the episode when it comes up organically uh i mean it, it's also worth mentioning that uh, i i think ken neither of us got around to doing leliana's uh story yeah, stuff, I she which... would
1: never initiate it like she told me about the thing that i know leads to it but she never made that extra step and so i didn't i, I figured really... out I figured
0: out what was blocking me, which is basically, I, I gave her uh, one of the flowers, I think it's called Androste's Grace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and that opened up a lot more dialogue that let me then get more approval. And eventually I started down the discussion of uh, Margarine and mm-hmm. uh, kind of her life as an Orlesian bard. But I, I think what was supposed to happen next was there was supposed to be a conflict mm-hmm. that would have then continued it. And I was at the end game. Like, I was literally when the camp where I had that discussion and then left afterwards was me going from Denrim to Redcliffe. Mm. So uh, I don't think the game lets you enter into that stuff at that point. Right. Uh, so we will probably end up talking about it later uh, once we get around to doing some DLC and stuff. But as I understand it, I've done it once before, and it was it was basically like you resolve that and then you have an option to either much like alistair either ha- help keep her faith or like kind of bring her back to her old bard ways right. and, and the weird thing here is that no matter what you choose by the time we see leliana again as an actual like full-blown character uh and not just kind of like a cameo appearance everything exactly is exactly the same <laughs> he, well nothing matters in dragon Age. Well, no, in Inquisition, she's hardened, uh, just, you, no matter what you choose in, in Origins. Yep. Uh, so that's that's interesting. I feel like we'll, we can talk a lot more about that when we get to that in Inquisition. I actually don't dislike that idea that no matter what happens, like Liliana will all, always be kind of like changed by the things that happen between... The end of Origins and the start of Inquisition because a lot does happen in Liliana's life in in that span of time. But uh, I, it I don't know. We'll we'll discuss. We'll discuss. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I I just love that even before this podcast started, Ken and I were talking, and immediately I could tell that I was even though I'm coming into this with some things that I don't like. Uh, I'm going to come out of this a lot more positive than Kent does. (laughs) Um, So we go in uh, at at this point we, we have gone and finished all the other army quests and we have the sacred ashes. So we go to heal our old Eamon and uh, he's going to help us bring everybody together and appoint someone who can put a real challenge to the throne uh, of Loghain. And, And one thing we should bring up here real quick is that at this point, if, if Jowan is still alive and in the dungeons or something we can then make a choice about what his fate will be uh can I believe you let him go mm-hmm. correct mm-hmm. yeah okay so you don't have this cutscene I had this no. cutscene uh, because I let him I I let him stay in the dungeon uh I I knew what the two options were here basically which is either that he is executed or he's sent to the circle and likely turned into tranquil mm. uh i allowed him to be executed and that's because that's good it, it it seemed like it was what he wanted ultimately mm-hmm. and and like tranquil right. for him would be a fate worse than death
1: that's literally and like least the thing <laughs> that like puts him on right. the path he is because he wants to avoid being tranquil so that was merciful on my right. part right i i was basically like he wants to
0: atone and and it, in his eyes this is the way that he can atone Uh, whereas the other option is just like eternal punishment for him versus not much catharsis for the other parties involved either. So, uh, and I also like just in general, if we're going to talk about like larger issues with mages, I don't like the idea of tranquility whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I think it has, I mean, there are not, not so subtle, uh, similarities to be drawn to certain practices of older healthcare Mm -hmm. that, uh, are obviously horrific and medieval and terrible so uh i at all times my character always makes an effort to put a stop to that shit so Mm -hmm. um but we call it the meet and the interesting thing about the meet is that to put a real challenge to the throne we have to put up a real heir to the throne and in our case this means alistair who is the bastard brother of King Caelan the dead King Caelan uh and so he while others have a right uh to claim the throne through as as Arl Eamon mentions like marriage and things like that the the one with the greatest claim to the throne is actually Alistair because he does have it uh by blood and we live in a monarchy mm-hmm. <laughs> so um we get to have a little bit of a standoff here with Loghain, uh, after we head off to Denerim to hold this lands meet. Uh we
1: get to I, I played it a little cocky, a little like mm. aggressive. Yep. I was like, fuck you, Loghain. <laughs> Surprisingly forthcoming, everybody was. Like I guess, in terms of talking about everything that had happened at this point. we also get introduced to his
0: like left and right hand, which is um Arl Howe. Who mm-hmm. is just an ass? Like
1: who you ass, will thing. know if you're like a human or or human
0: noble origin. Yeah, you have you have very good history here, human noble origin. Um, I feel like the two that get a lot out of this specific section of the game are the city elf and mm-hmm. the human noble. Yeah, um, we'll get to some city elf stuff in a bit. It was very good. Uh, and then I'm suddenly forgetting her name. Help me, Ken. Oh God. Uh, uh,
1: hold on, I have got it. I got it in my notes. Uh, Catherine catherine because i would say right. it's was, like catherine but it's spelled weird so it's like a it's i kept a thinking because while we
0: were in boston ken asked me to explain who Caulifla from, from um, dragon right. ball z is and so i kept calling her Caulifla. <laughs> I was like oh shit Caulifla's here mm. um anyways uh that ends and we have a little conversation with one of minora's handmaidens who has escaped from Arlhouse castle and tells us that Enora is basically being held hostage against her will in House Castle. Uh as we saw through kind of interstitial cutscenes uh leading up to this point in the game, Enora had started to question her father Logain's uh reasons for what he did, and then also whether he truly left King Kalen to die. Uh and that has seemingly gone pretty poorly <laughs> for Enora uh so we pull off this really dumb disguise thing that just kind of works because it does and mm. sneak into Arlhaus castle and talk to uh anora and find out that she's being held by a magic barrier but she will kind of like she wants she wants us to rescue her because she says it will be like advantageous for us and uh, obviously even agrees so um, I'm speeding through to the parts that are actually interesting in this, because a lot of this is very... You're kind of just following a rail mm. uh, at this point. And, and, oh, I, I did forget to mention this is the organic part here. Uh, on the way to Arlhouse estate, this was when I ran into uh, a Tevinter Crow, who was uh, not Devinter, a not former... Devinter, not Tevinter. Oh, Tevin- oh, um, oh, no, not Tevinter. To... No, no, no. Antivan, God, I was close. Look, there are also Taventer, there are Tevinter mages in this, and it's messing with me, Ken. Mm. I, my mind is frazzled from weeks in the frigid cold of Boston. You gotta, you gotta cut me some slack here. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, then Antivan crow, uh, former associate of Zevran's, and we gotta fight some crows. Uh, so Ken, I'll let you talk about this part because I, my story bit was very short. Uh, mm. I did have a good relationship with Zevran at this point because I'd been talking to him and building up his appraisal so I could get the assassin class. Mm. But uh, at this point, like you are romancing him, so I kind of want to hear yeah. how this played out from your perspective.
1: So for the the first thing that I guess I don't I don't know if at this point you you would have seen it, but like you have a conversation with him where he opens up about the woman that he regretted killing that we talked about back, like the urn sacred ashes that the spirit was like almost about to like call him out on and then he's just kind of like nope we don't need to talk about that uh and it was this woman named uh rena i believe and she was part of the crows um he had fallen for her to some extent and had also been convinced that she had betrayed the crows and by this uh, associate of his uh Charleston, who is the one that we meet here in dinner room um by convincing him that he had been betrayed he basically convinced Zevran to also kill this woman. And then he Uh eventually found out that, you know, it was all, like, a manufactured thing by the Crows. I guess it's, like, a way that they kind of, like, kill off people or, like, you know, get, like, remove people from their ranks is to make other assassins take them out by whatever means that they have to. Uh, So we do end up getting here to Taliesin, who attempts to bring Zevran back to the Crows, and if you don't have a high enough approval... Zevran will turn on you and you have to kill him. Um, But he obviously didn't do that to us. We take out Taliesin, and he kind of realizes that he's kind of free to do whatever he wants now, because since Taliesin is dead and will not be reporting back, they can either assume that Zevran died with him, like, trying to leave, or whatever it is they gotta believe. But Zevran realizes that he has, like, the freedom to, at least for now, operate without the crows kind of coming after him. So you can kind of be like, well, are you saying you want to leave the group here? And I think there's an option even to say to him, like, you know, you can go. Like, this is fine for you to leave. Yeah, yeah, um, I had that option. And I don't know, I, I assume that he will, if you, if you tell him that, but if you kind of, like, leave the option up to him, he's like, I kind of want to stick around. Just, you know, please. And um, we talked to him a little bit later, and he finally opens up that, after um everything that happened with Rena, he actually took on the job to try and kill the wardens in hopes that they would kill him instead. Like as a way of like kind of atoning for what he did and not having to live mm-hmm. with that guilt. Um and then but then he's like, But you spared me and this was like my second chance and that he owes us for not killing him, I guess. And I was just like, I you don't owe me anything.
0: Mm. yeah it's i i basically persuaded him to stay with me it was like hey you know like i you get treasure like we find treasure all the damn time he's like i do like treasure so i like the shiny (laughs) stuff uh, yeah it's i I thought that was interesting i thought that like will um especially because it comes so late in the game one thing that i liked a lot about the way they develop zevran's character and others like this is that it happens kind of organically as the game progresses mm. like it, it progresses in steps and i'll bring up now that that's one thing i didn't like about ogren was because that stuff a you get him very late unless you literally go and do orsmar right away mm. but that would be i can't imagine doing Orzamar that early that sounds like it would suck uh and he's also just kind of this character that's like you get most of his character arc in his recruitment mission right. kind of like you, you get all that info mm-hmm. right there so there's not much more that you get from him and i don't know he just kind of like I'll, I'll just say now like when i talked to him in the epilogue here i i was i just kind of had this realization i was like oh wow it was it, he kind of just walked in and out of my party like right. I, I didn't well, really he's gonna walk right back
1: in uh, pretty soon
0: yeah um Anyways, as we get back into Arlhau's estate, uh, we go down into the dungeons. And at this point, our disguises don't work anymore because everyone kind of knows what's up. So we just start murdering all the guards and such. But this is the start of some little threads that will help us later on, which is we can free some people here and talk to some people that are imprisoned that can ultimately help us uh, later on in the lands meet. Uh, one of those characters, it, very interesting, is theoretically alive if you do not kill him in the city elf origin it is uh uh, i'm trying to remember his specific name um oh man it's killing me uh vaughn vaughn uh he's the enemy of the city elf origin Mm. and he basically i mean okay i'm a little content warning here real quick content warning uh so like skip ahead a couple minutes if you don't want to hear some bad stuff uh in the city of origin he basically is the one that kidnaps uh your wife if you are the uh if you are a male elf or kidnaps you if you're a female elf as well as your cousin Chiani and another bride uh and it's very heavily implied and at this point by now i think confirmed that he like brutalizes and rapes Mm shiani uh during that so with that in mind he was dead as fuck uh dead as dead can be and then dead again uh Mm -hmm. in my playthrough and ken i'm hoping that if you found him in your playthrough you stabbed the shit out of him too
1: i actually didn't find him so i assume he's
0: still down there good rotting that's you know if he's not dead that's the next best thing we can do he is dying uh, presently dying and slowly <laughs> so uh one uh, we we get some other characters who are all kind of loosely related to uh the lands meet that will help us la- i'll just say like later on acquire the backing of various bands and nobles who are involved in the lands meet uh, once we get to the actual showdown and the last of the prisoners that we find before we go into the dungeon actually uh, i always thank you for highlighting that kim because i thought he was in the dungeon and not right before the dungeon um riordan who is this as we learn gray warden from Orlay, uh who was sent in to kind of figure out what's going on because he hadn't heard back from the fight at ostagar uh and then Logain basically poisoned the dude because he thought he was slicker than he was and uh kept him in the dungeon mm. locked up so you can ask him some questions here about gray warden life but he's basically like yo i i gotta peace out
1: well, let's maybe later
0: it. yeah let's talk at arl emans the state. so we'll we'll put a pin on that well we'll talk about Reordinate in a little bit um we finally get down we murder the crap out of arl howe uh, and his mages to make sure that we can get Anora back out and once we grab Enora, we start to leave and then catherine shows up at the gate and is like look uh you you gotta drop your weapons we know you just murdered the shit out of arl how in a classic normandy fm dichotomy ken here murdered the shit out of catherine <laughs> just absolutely killed everyone (laughs) no I didn't you said here there's something like 15 guards here okay survive everyone I thought you said you okay so you tried to fight them and then you you see you gotta phrase your notes a little bit better than that Ken especially when I'm going into this blind and sight reading your notes
1: you tried to murder Tell tell, you tell me what happened with you
0: Uh, so I walked in and I was just like cool I surrender like, it's not going to help our case if uh, we murder more people. Arl Howe was a piece of crap, and we're going to let everybody that lands me know that. But we don't need to murder people that aren't involved with this. Mm-hmm. And Cawthorne might be kind of mean, but she's not actively antagonizing us. She's actually giving us a chance to surrender. So that was that was kind of my reasoning here. You mm-hmm. did it just because you're like, oh, I can't beat her. I can't. I can't stab her well so. no
1: no what happens is if you <laughs> like if you point out like Honora has been held captive here against her will and then she's like wait what what are you talking about and then Honora comes forward and is like help the warden is trying to kidnap me okay cool so now we've got like 15 guards coming after us and the <laughs> the thing that What's really frustrating is it's like you are very clearly overwhelmed and you can win this fight. But as as I learned here and then later in other things in this episode, I'm kind of leveled at this point. I only really, I guess I didn't do enough like of the side quests, like the stuff that we weren't covering to really level out there. Um, but you can win this and then you just go to Emon's and kind of assess the situation there. Otherwise, you get knocked out. And everybody but you and Alistair, if he is there, uh, mm-hmm. gets locked up. All
0: right. Yep. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that, that just happened to me right away was that uh, I, I just go. Uh, I go willingly. And then my companions ran off and told Arl Eamon what mm-hmm. happens. Well, the,
1: the funny thing is if you, do, if you do the route where it ends up, and kind of like betrays you, uh, Zevran and, and, and Wynne went back to Eamon with her. And Zevran was like, I'm about to start swinging. I'm about to I'm about to stab this bitch, but he he's like, or she says something along the way, like, well if he hadn't said any like if he had been more subtle about what was going on, I wouldn't have had to betray him and I would have been able to just walk out there and it would have been normal and fine. So then we go back to our perspective. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So at this point we are locked up in Fort Dragon, uh, definitely not ominously named at all. <laughs> And uh, we have to figure out a way out, which for me meant pretending I was sick and luring the guard in, and then beating him up. For you, you apparently Ken took a very different path. I seduced the guard.
1: Got him to take his armor off. How how did you seduce said guard? Uh, you just see like it's like uh, persuasion checks, and you just like uh, you say something like, "I'm lonely. Can you come in here and give me some company?" And then he's like, okay, okay, cool. And then there's another persuasion check to get him to take his armor off. And Alistair's just, you know, standing there the whole time, just watching, I guess. So I guess the guard <laughs> must have been, like, into that. Which is fine. But we beat him up anyway, so. Yeah, yeah.
0: You, you're lucky. You're a mage. You get to use, like, spells and yes, stuff. So yes. I just had to beat everybody up with my fists. Uh, even though you only have to do it for, like, one combat encounter. And then you get your your armor and stuff back. Uh, I did want to bring up, at this point, my combat build. Because going into this, you and I were talking about how the, the combat difficulty like really ramps up at the end of mm. the game. Uh, at this point, I had both my specializations. So I was uh, Duelist, which ended up not being as great. I really just wanted it for one passive. Mm. And then Assassin, uh, which I should have gotten way faster than mm. I did. Uh, assassin... So I most importantly in dual wielding rogue, the final pip on one of the lines uh lets you wield a full sized weapon in each hand as long as you meet hmm. the strength requirements and that it scales the stamina costs accordingly. uh, so I was actually. I think I still, by end of game, had a dagger in one hand because you get a really good dagger uh, as a city elf in in this part of the game. Yeah. But in my other hand, I had like some axe that I had looted off of like Bronca or someone I think that was like mm. a one-handed axe that normally you could you were not able to just like right. I would, but here I could like dual wield it, and by by the time I got to the end of the game, uh, I had put grandmaster runes on all of them mm. so i had like frost shock and fire and i was literally like one-shotting just about every basic mob that came at me yeah and maybe like i think i could kill an ogre in about two abilities mm-hmm. if i used mark of death and then flurry right uh well it was ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous right.
1: what i noticed though and i don't know I don't know if this is intentional or maybe, like, I, like, spell-wise was powerful enough to do this too, but I think that they do something, like, they scale down health of, like, all enemies across the board just because of, like, the sheer number of them. Because I noticed, like, spells that would have taken, like, maybe one or two, like, attacks, or, like, one is a setup, one is, like, a killing blow, I could always take out basically any of the darkspawn in one spell. So I don't know... Like, i assume that is like an intentional thing because it seems very deliberate and like very deliberate i was, I was timed.
0: wondering that i was wondering that too but honestly i think at this point our characters have scaled so much like we started at what like six cunning and stuff like that and now my character' is, like almost at 40 mm-hmm. like 50 cunning like you can do a lot of damage at this point so uh, but but combat like was starting to feel fun and eventually it does get very tough but uh, it was kind of tough here as you fight your way out with just Alistair and yourself. uh I was having to like most of this game. I was like, "Okay, time to chug poultices. Let's go." <laughs> mm. uh, but once we we can meet up with our companions now. The one thing we need to talk about is that you do have the option to wait for your companions to show up and, mm. and get you out, uh, which leads to huh. some very
1: funny cutscenes depending on. Well. No, keep, keep keep going. I, well, I think we, there's a path divergence here because I did not do, I did not meet up with anybody while I was here. Oh, you didn't meet up with anybody.
0: Mm-mm. Okay, because as I stormed out the front gate of Fort Draken, uh, Leliana and Morgan showed up to assist me on the way out, mm. kind of like implying that they were the ones that came to, to find me, which would make sense because they were like my two highest affection right. characters outside of like Alistair, So. Uh, that's interesting. You didn't have that happen? You
1: didn't have, like, Zeverin show up? No, what... So, what ended up happening with me it was, like, I guess I took, like, sort of the pseudo-pacifist way of getting out of there, because what I did was I found... Like, I found some, uh, like, uniforms, like, guard uniforms, and put them on, and then, like, did a whole, like, workaround to get, like, what they thought I was part of, like, a squad that was gonna leave and just fucking go and patrol. Huh. And... So I had to do, find the uniform, talk to the boss, find, like, I guess my, my, the, the group of my squad, like, there were, like, two other people. that like, had passwords to leave because, like, you had to have, an, like, an essential password to actually get out of the, the fort. And so I did all that, made nice with them, and then we just walked out. How long did that
0: take you to do? Uh,
1: best estimate, like, seven, ten
0: minutes okay because i was gonna say i kind of just like killed everyone on my way out took maybe like three five minutes (laughs) Mm. (laughs) okay never mind we're back to the the weird normandy fm split again (laughs) um but once we get back to to Eamon's place uh we we know that we have to get ready for the lands meet and put forward an heir to the throne and Anora basically reveals to us that the reason she want she wanted to leave was obviously to get out of captivity but also to have us like like for us to back her as mm-hmm. the the heir to the throne and as we learn Kaelin was always kind of the pretty face mm-hmm. but Anora was the one who was pulling the strings she's actually extremely capable queen uh and as Kaylin would go off and play these war games and go hunting and things like that, she would be the one who would be doing the day-to-day management of Denarim and of the lands of Ferelden. So we we have an interesting choice here, Ken, because mm-hmm. we can either continue backing Alistair, who is reluctant. He does not want the throne. Uh, we can back Enora, who does want the throne, but does not have a strong... I mean, she she technically has a good, like, shot at the throne, but it's not as they mentioned. Like, it's not just that Alistair has the blood, uh, but he also is a descendant of uh, a very, very famous king that has always been the bloodline of of this of the throne. Mm. Or, if you're like me, you can try and them to marry each other and it's Mm -hmm. the best of both worlds yay or if you're a human noble you're a human noble you can marry (laughs) Anora. hell yeah i actually i think i might have tried to do that the first time i played this game uh and it was pretty funny um i the way the way i saw this was that alistair has an option here to assume what he, sh- he should do. And also like he has art of gold. It's that kind of idea that uh, those who lead should be reluctant to wield power, like that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So uh, I liked, I liked him as the nominee for, mm-hmm. for King, but also Anora has the actual know-how. Anora right. knows what to do. And she's also like, like she's ambitious in a good and bad way. Mm-hmm. And so, I I like the idea of her on the throne, but with with Alistair as like a mediating presence almost, mm-hmm. like, like to kind of curtail maybe some of her more low gain like mm-hmm. tendencies. So, yeah. uh, I did end up mediating that marriage, and I see in your notes that you did as well.
1: Right, my, uh, my <laughs> at least my, from my perspective, I was more of like trying to gain the lands meet as best I could because there would be people that are like Alistair has the blood but Anora is the one that is capable and knows how to actually do shit so like in a in a world where I had to hate one or the other I would pick Anora Nora just because like Alistair one doesn't fucking want to do this and two maybe shouldn't but yeah here I was like if I can appeal to more people at once but with kind of like putting forth these two people together as on a united front then maybe that's a way to kind of smooth things over.
0: For sure. For sure. Um, fun fact. You are supposed to talk to Honora, uh, then Alistair, and then talk to Anora.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: At this point, uh, the marriage is considered good. But if you don't want to have Alistair be mad at you later, you need to go back and talk to Alistair again just to make sure he's good with it. Because apparently if you don't do that... You get a cutscene later on where Alistair's super mad at you, and you lose Alistair points. I did not know that. I was like, that huh. seems dumb.
1: Yeah, that, that, wa- what that was to weird to me that he was like, as if we hadn't established this before, yeah. he was just like, what the fuck? And I was like, we talked about this. You said it was cool, man. Yeah, yeah, I, I had that. And I was like, mm, okay. So
0: before we go to, to the Landsmeet, we got to go uh, do one more thing. And that's get some like real hard proof of some weird shit that Lokane has been up to. We do that by heading to the Elven Alienage. Yay. Eric's origin is coming into play finally <laughs> in the last episode. <laughs> um This this actually hit pretty good for me. Mm. Um, the way that the origin ties into this and everything. So uh as you learn from events that have transpired, which you will be very uh, knowledgeable of if you played the City Elf Origin, uh, there has been riots in the Elven alienage and reports of a plague outbreak. Uh, and once you get there, Topical. things are. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh once you get there things are definitely in disarray. Uh and you can meet up with Shiani and and Shiani is like, "Hey, hey cousin, like how's it going?" Like boy, things have really gone to shit. There's uh some tavern mages who are basically providing magical treatments every day for elves. And then every once in a while they'll cart one off uh elves who as Shiani says seem perfectly healthy. Uh, they say are infected with the plague and they take them away they're never seen again your father uh, as well as the leader of the elves mm. happened to both of them have been taken off uh, so it's at this point that you you have a couple ways of going about this i basically told them that i was a gray warden and the Deventer mages were like oh cool there's a bounty on your head we fought in the streets <laughs> and i murdered all of them uh, you could be stealthier if you wanted to, or you could even persuade them to like take you into where you're supposed to go. Huh. But uh, as you will learn quickly in this mission, Ken, I'm all about the stabbing. Mm. <laughs> I I want to murder these people Fair. because, as as we click quickly learn, um, whether you snuck around uh, like Ken or whether you just murdered people like me, uh, these these elves are being carted off like slaves uh to venter and so we've got to track this down and stop the trafficking ring that's being run out of the alienage uh so we fight through an apartment and kill a bunch of people and keep on fighting and killing through a warehouse and finally get to uh this big ol' piece of shit <laughs> um one last to Winter Mage. Uh, we don't have his name here. We don't need to talk about his name, because fuck this dude. <laughs> I stabbed the shit out of him. Mm. This this boy had some holes in him, uh, and I even messed up. You you remember how in the urn of sacred ashes mission, I mentioned that uh, sometimes the mouse gets finicky with with selecting options. Mm. Uh, I accidentally picked the option that let him get away, Oof. and with his life yeah and i was like f that and reloaded it and killed him again mm. so that's how that ends uh he does give you an option to sacrifice all of the elves in the room to mm-hmm. give you a mild boost to your constitution it's like a plus one point jesus christ uh, yeah right <laughs> it's, um mm. so there was, yeah. well,
1: there was a funny another one of the funny examples of like when being like he's talking about blood magic, you can never support this, right? And meanwhile, you know, like in this fight, like I'm using blood control, which is like a an ability to like dominate characters that right. have blood to fight on your side. And so I'm just like slitting my wrists, and she's and she's like, <laughs> you would never <laughs> was... do that, right? <laughs> you got was, like, like a knife out, and you're just like cutting your hands and stuff,
0: <laughs> making like blood remnants on the <laughs> On the floor and stuff like that, like, uh, <laughs> um, not that blood magic. That's icky. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: so you murdered him too. I, I'm oh, yeah. guessing, right? he did. Yeah. Okay, good. Good. Murder the shit out of him. Uh, so you spoke with Valendrian here. For me, Valendrian was already gone, and my father was the one who I rescue. Uh, mm. He's basically like, "Oh my god, I haven't seen you in forever. You remind me so much of your mother now. Like, it's, mm. it's very sweet." Yeah. Um, so we now uh get a situation where we can go back uh we talk to our father who gives us uh a dagger that used to belong to our mother because our, our if you were a city elf uh, your your mom was a rogue it, she might actually have been a warrior i think if you uh choose the warrior origin i'm mm. not sure on that but because i was a rogue she was a rogue and uh we get a knife that used to be in her position uh which is a very very good knife by the way i used Mm. it for the rest of the game but uh, symbolic yeah it was nice nice and then we also can go talk to shiani and basically be like okay like we figured everything out like it's all good now you should be safe here and she's like okay well things are still kind of shit but thank you for like coming and helping and everything we'll come back to shiani we'll come back to helping them out later uh one other thing that's important to mention uh after we kill the shit out of the slave trader uh we pick a note up off of his body that provides proof that Logan was allowing the sale like the trafficking mm. of elven slaves out of the alienage. that will come in handy when we go to the lands meet uh so now we get to like the big part of this and, mm. and the thing that i really like actually the only good thing in the game. Of the game um wow wow uh when we go to the lands meet, it kind of turns into an almost Danganronpa-style mm-hmm. situation of we we face down with Logan and he makes a bunch of arguments, and we have to rebut them, and depending on the things that we say, what we've brought to the table, the decisions we've made up to this point, we gain or lose points. And depending on the points that we get, we either... Uh, it will depend on on how whether we win the lands meet or not whether we have a favorable outcome in the lands meet uh for me um i brought forward a few things uh i i was initially like this is not about orlay this is in and, and like his weird obsession with the idea of outside influence from orlay because Logain is a freaking xenophobic Mm -hmm. asshole Mm -hmm. um but uh it's about the blight and we need to stop the blight and uh we can bring up a few other things here like the fact that he was trafficking people we can bring up uh other crimes that he's done uh we can bring out Enora, who will come out and if we have successfully either backed her claim to the throne or uh, gotten her on board the marrying Alistair train will will give us a boost as well uh and we can even mention Jowin's blood magic to get the Chantry to turn on him and uh it's just great uh there's always one nobleman who will cheer for Loghain in the ends as, mm. as I learned when I was looking up how the math here works yeah uh same with uh there will always be one who cheers for you right but I managed to get everyone on my side, which felt pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, I do like, and and I think this is a good time to bring it up. Uh, There are some very like modern day analogies Mm -hmm. to be brought to the way that Loghain views Ferelden and Mm -hmm. its affairs, the way Build the wall. Yeah. No, there's like some real build the wall going on. I wanted Mm -hmm. to like bring that up because after, so after we've basically like deposed Logain, uh, we get the option to duel him, and I personally duelled him. No, uh, did you? Did you also personally duel mm. him as well? Use blood magic in front of all of Pharrell the nobility. <laughs> uh, I just, I just stabbed. You know, I just, mm. I do what I do. I poke a lot of holes, uh, and. We we have this fight with Loghain and afterwards we beat him and, and they even say like it's really weird that you get everyone on your side and then they're like, Oh, but we'll have like blood blood sport just to determine who's the true ruler.
1: Yeah. That that As, is like, that's
0: strange. They they don't they really don't know how to settle these things without like somebody killing each other, huh? <laughs> like that's what it is. Uh but then we get given an option here where we can either we we've now rightfully appointed Alistair as the crown regent and we can either kill Loghain, execute Loghain, or we as riordan walks in and tells us we can uh induct him into the gray wardens now if you induct him into the gray wardens and alistair is not hardened alistair will then leave he will just peace out he's like i'm done with this like i'm not i'm not joining i'm not i'm not being part of this Mm -hmm. uh i think he's i think he remains king but he won't like pal around with you anymore he leaves your party and that's how you get the mysterious secret companion Loghain. Mm. yay the villain of the goddamn game you can have him in your party the xenophobic asshole aren't you excited to put Loghain in your party oh boy
1: yeah it's um over the years like because i mean back when Origins had been out for maybe, like, a year or so, and Dragon Age 2 was, like, on the way. I was, like, really, like, on, like, the Bioware social network and, like, in this sort of, like, in the discourse of Dragon Age. And there are some wild arguments for Loghain, as if, like, a lot of it is, comes down to, like, why does Alistair have to be so petty? As if Alistair doesn't, like, list all of these very compelling reasons about, like... Why maybe we shouldn't just let this guy live and pal around in our ranks when he literally, like, sent an assassin against us. He uh, sent an assassin after uh, Eamon. He, everything that he did in Ostagar, everything that he's spouting, like, all this, like, xenophobic rhetoric that he's spouting, you know, not normal things, not things that we should support, not things that we need in the Warden's ranks. So then we have this the opportunity is
0: low gain. Is maybe my largest issue with Dragon Age Origins, because I think he is this opportunity that could have been. Hey, let's have this villain that can have a compelling turn, a compelling mm-hmm. change of heart, and you actually like you see in other games like Knights of the Old Republic how Bioware can do this and do it mm-hmm. very well. I mean, like not yeah, I, I, I've i not played Knights of the Old Republic, but I do know what happens in that game, <laughs> um, as I think most people do at this point. Um, I was reading an article the other day that was talking about, like, a potential Knights of the Old Republic movie because there were, like, rumors going around about it. Mm-hmm. And they were just, like, straight up saying, like, oh, maybe this person could play this character. And I was like, I thought that was, like, a faux pas to say that, like, out loud that that's who this character is. And the is. game is
1: 17 years old at this point?
0: Yeah, it just feels weird. It doesn't. It doesn't even feel like it. Doesn't feel like a Sephiroth kills Aerith thing. It feels like a um. Like, a, let's imagine they were. Have you seen the Prestige, Ken? Yeah, yeah. And imagine that they were talking about it like that and saying that one character is going to play both these parts, right, or something like that. Like that. That. Mm. That would be how we go. Sorry if anybody has not seen the Prestige. Please forget what i've just said wait about six months just to make sure it really like recedes into your mind is the back of your mind and watch the prestige it's actually a very good movie i like that movie a lot yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> i once uh i knew somebody who once told me we were making up the most basic uh straight dude profile to put on tinder and they made the joke that it would be like we were like favorite movie, and they instantly said the Prestige, and I was like, "Damn it, that's so accurate." <laughs> you want to like... go Fight Club? <laughs> no, no, Fight Club is for like the the super edge lord dude. Like mm-hmm. Prestige is just the right amount where it's like y- you feel intellectual, and it's like <laughs> it's not like Inception or something or Memento, where it's like very well known. It's like surprisingly one of Nolan's lesser known mm-hmm. movies. Uh which is surprising given the stars that are in it right you know you think there's like scarlett johansson christian bale and hugh jackman in it uh of course michael Caine because he's in every nolan movie but uh yeah anyways this isn't a christopher nolan podcast thank god um this is a dragon podcast but uh the the thing with logaine is like you mentioned like he is just set up like the, every story beat we've had with him there's been no redeeming mm-hmm. quality right. to him and even more than that i feel like this game goes out of its way to not justify the way he was acting because right. the things he does are like like honestly monstrous like he right. is he leaves his mm-hmm. uh son-in-law to die on the battlefield against darkspawn along with like an entire army basically to get slaughtered Hmm. uh he takes the throne locks up his own daughter recruits this literally like psychotic murderous dude to be his right hand man uh orders like okays a slave trafficking system to operate out of the elven alienage and that's just like the tip of the iceberg like that's mm-hmm. not even mentioning the fact that he tries to kill you and many many other people throughout you know the duration of this mm-hmm. game so like I was I was waiting for the other shoe to drop and for yep. them to be like oh actually Locaine knows this thing and this is why he's been doing this right. like he knows that this is what's up so you gotta you know if you're gonna kill him you know
1: you better feel bad about it Right, uh, and there I was, didn't. Well, something that I mean, just yeah, but like something that's kind of occurring to me now is that like you know back in the day, there were a lot of people that like made claims that Logan was like amongst the most like complex and interesting characters in Dragon Age. Is and I, he? And I, but the thing that's like occurring <laughs> to me now is that like maybe it took well, because like I didn't, I didn't question it at the time, and I also didn't like agree with it. But it was I was like fucking I don't know. 16 17 years old at that point so i didn't really like think that hard about it but now that like so much time has passed and there are like i guess real world analogs to this character in this world that we live in i kind of like maybe that is one very telling the people that probably thought Logan was like super fucking sick 10 years ago but also like the things that people probably thought were interesting about him at that point are kind of tasteless in a way that makes him more of like almost a cartoon villain
0: yeah, that's what I was about to say. Is that he feels like so almost like cartoonishly evil. Like he feels like he was just drawn with the idea of making an evil character. Like 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 his he's got like the the demeanor of a cartoon comic book villain. Mm. And yeah, it's I don't know. So that that option is there. I guess it's like a way for for you to like see some things differently and also it gives you like an easy out later on if you want to like arrange certain things in a certain way for an ending uh you you could do that and that would maybe give you like an easy out but uh it's yeah i just think it's i don't like it it's i the, the other thing that i thought was very strange is that so You then have the choice of who's going to execute him, either Alistair or yourself. And if Alistair executes Loghain, uh will basically be like, I can't marry the man who just killed my father, which is like understandable. Fine. Fair. Uh and so you murder Loghain, but you do it like right there in front of everyone. Mm -hmm. And you kind of just behead him and Mm -hmm. like blood there's like this scene of like blood spraying all over inora and she's like dramatic as fuck yeah i was like what there i remember like i've talked about this a few times but i wrote a piece back for the 10th anniversary of dragon age origins on us gamer that was about like uh how they wanted this game to be filled with moral grace and this idea that you're always going to have to make choices that would not have perfect outcomes. And I, I think there are like points in this game where that holds very true. And, and I feel like it, they get expanded upon in later games. You can sign, you, you can kind of see the thinking as they went through that sort of stuff uh, and tried to get away from the Paragon renegade dynamic into more of a free flowing, like make decisions and live with them dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this specific part of, i was just going like they're just doing this to be like look at how terrible this is Mm -hmm. it felt like it felt like there there are parts of the walking dead where there were scenes like that or i mean like there's the very infamous one with negan and the characters where they're like gathered around and negan kills uh some of them and it's like very gratuitous and over the top uh and and i feel like that one's actually like played very well you know i don't like the walking dead for the most part but i will always like point to that as like yes that was like that's that's in the pop culture lexicon for a reason
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh but there are other parts of that show where a character dies and it's just drawn out and over Like another good example is 24 the the tv show 24 where uh john boyce of Esme nation did a great video that was about uh <laughs> how there's a character that spends more time on camera dead than alive uh in 24 (laughs) like her corpse is more present than her living character was Hmm. uh and they actually like do horrible things to this corpse too they like shoot it multiple times to make sure she's dead and like hide her and then they like are going to bury her in the desert but then just leave her out there like just a body in the desert and just like drive away they don't even like bury her or anything so it was like that's that's what i felt like watching this i was just like this is just gratuitous for gratuity's sake like they're just really amping Mm. up the drama in the section and it's over a character i don't care about and also like i don't care about anora either like we just met anora so it felt just way overwrought i just need to get that off my chest that specific part bothered me a lot Mm, fair (laughs) um but now we have our armies we have our king we are united there will be no human civil war anymore uh we are ready to put together our forces and go fight the darkspawn huzzah uh right we uh we we head out to red cliff which will be like our staging ground because for some reason they're like okay cool red cliff that's where we're gonna fight the darkspawn once we get there uh the town's already been overrun by Mm darkspawn they're just everywhere uh this, this was definitely the point where I was like wow my character is really powerful because I was just like mowing through all these dark yeah I think this is where
1: mind. it started to like really become a me, I they had to have scaled enemies down to account for them being so many of them because I was like one hit killing everything yes uh I think at this point like I had good equipment
0: on most of my party members as well but uh just about everybody was like one hit killing even my dog uh was like taking down dark spawn by the thousands so uh after we fight through the village and then into the castle of red uh we find reorden again who by the way i should mention at this point uh you you could have talked to him at arl eamon's estate to get a little bit more information about the gray wardens uh the interesting thing i think that he brings up is how many gray wardens there are like he he talks about um i can't remember the area ken but it's it's he talks about a land where the gray wardens there are literally thousands of them and they're kind of like the ruling class of this piece of land Mm -hmm. uh which i thought was interesting but just the idea that there are gray wardens all over they're not just in ferelden uh and he can also give you an idea of some of the history of the gray wardens as well he tells you about how the gray wardens were started and all that um which, which is all actually very fascinating. I won't, like, go too deep into it because we obviously don't want to make this podcast super long. But uh, it's... I, I found that stuff very interesting. Uh, and then we get to the point where we now... Riordan shows up in Redcliffe and basically tells us we guessed wrong. They're actually heading for Denerim. So we need to rally the troops and hold a forced march to meet them and we have basically until daybreak and then daybreak we're going to leave and go to Denerim to fight the the darkspawn the the blight as it were with the archdemon at the front of the army uh and then riordan makes like a casual mention of whether he i think he just asks like are are you prepared for what you must do and you can kind of be like what are you talking about we're just like killing an archdemon right he's like you know how you kill an archdemon right and we're like he uh, stab it <laughs> and he's like oh boy okay uh, you boys gotta meet me upstairs we gotta talk about some stuff uh and we get it, it feels kind of weird because at this point in the game there's so many sections where you feel like you're having the last conversation with all your characters mm-hmm. that i was like oh cool they're all in this room gathered around in a circle in a creepy way uh that must mean i'm supposed to go like talk to all of them because the last time i'll see them no no uh, but there are many more times like that. Mm. Uh, we go upstairs, and Riordan tells us that uh, the reason why the Grey, Ordens are, the Grey Wardens are the only ones that can kill an Archdemon is that actually anyone can kill an Archdemon, but when the dragon dies, its essence, its soul, if you will, leaves its body and inhabits the nearest darkspawn. Uh, making it essentially immortal. Uh it it can just bounce around between Darkspawn like that. The reason why the Grey Wardens take on the taint of the Darkspawn is not just to give them heightened powers uh against the Darkspawn, but it's also to uh when when they kill an art an Archdemon, they will absorb the essence into themselves, and this is where it gets kind of muddy, where it's like because a dark spawns an empty vessel the the soul of the corrupted soul of the old god can inhabit that and become the archdemon Mm -hmm. again but if it inhabits the great warden it like counteracts and they both die
1: Mm.
0: uh so yes whoever kills the archdemon will die is what Riordan tells us and he says uh usually uh it's up to the oldest gray warden present to decide who takes the final like stroke who who does it uh and so he says if it's if he has the choice he will be the one to to take the final swing because he is the oldest and he can feel the taint like he he doesn't have much longer basically Mm. uh but in lieu of that both alistair and the warden need to be ready to kill the archdemon if possible uh which this is all, this is all very interesting. I like this mm. a lot because no. it, it's like this, like last minute. Oh, you're going to have to make a choice. Right. And more than that, it's going to be a choice that will result in either the death of your character or the death of the character that you've spent the longest amount mm-hmm. of time with in this game. And like I said earlier, Alistair, they do a very good job of building him up as this very likable character. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of letting him sacrifice himself, which he very much wants to do, right? <laughs> um, he's totally down with the sacrifice, Alistair thing, especially if he's, you know, he doesn't want to be king. Uh, but after we leave, we get a third option. Good old Morgan's waiting in our room, and she she lets us know she knows all of that too, mm-hmm. and she's got another idea uh that basically the reason Flemeth wanted Morgan to go along on our journey was because they knew of a ritual that preceded the circle of magi that as she puts it uh is basically blood magic Mm -hmm. some would call it blood magic uh if we lay with her we will conceive a child which apparently like i don't know how she makes that happen got some magic going he's <laughs> blasting <laughs> but uh if we are a male uh warden and we sleep with morgan uh she can conceive a child and then when the final blow is struck by our warden uh the spirit of the old god which by the way it, this is a good time to point out an archdemon is a corrupted old god lore corner uh yeah lore corner <laughs> um, the soul of the old god will go into the child and because of some magic reason it will not kill the baby will not kill morgan will not kill the warden it will kind of just inhabit the child uh and morgan will have an old god baby and Morgan basically tells you of Ron she's like hey uh if we do this i we will do this we will lay together tonight i will help you kill the arch demon and then i will leave and you will never see me or this child again that is that is the rule that is where i'm drawing the line and if you don't agree to this i'm leaving now and again you will never see me again so oh boy there are a lot of ways it plays um, out. And there, yeah, yeah, so there are also... I should mention real quick before we get into the nitty-gritty of how we feel about all this. Uh, how, I'm trying to remember. So if you are romancing another character, she will bring up that character to say, like, hey, you know, do this for them. You, right. can, you can do this even if you are romancing another character. Uh, basically because she reasons that it would help you stay alive and spend more time with that character. Uh, if you are... I think if you are... I don't think you can do this if you're female warden. You have um, to do what I to. end up doing. Okay, you have to convince another character, uh, Alistair, or... If or you, Logan. If you brought Logan, Man, can you freaking imagine... <laughs> i'd rather not that that chain of events like okay logaine like let's say a whole day ago was this tyrannical xenophobic ruler and now not only has his keister been saved and he's recruited into the gray wardens but now he gets to go smash with morgan and become (laughs) the hero of ferelden like
1: overnight Mm -hmm. redemption
0: like Oh, God. Not by uh, any also, of his own doing,
1: just by being around people who have other ideas.
0: Yeah, literally failing upwards the way only gain could. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Ken, I'm interested. Let's talk about the way that you handled this first.
1: So... If you have listened to... We're like, what, episode 59 at this point? Um, if you've listened to... These almost 60 episodes and haven't figured it out yet. I'm not a big fan of having sex with women. Um, I have done a really good job in my 27 years of not having done that. And so, when I get to a point where somebody's like, I can save your life, but you have to have sex with a woman, I'm like, is there a third option? is there possibly a third option (laughs) the
0: game is like you can either die or you can have sex with a woman and Ken's like are those my only options so for me the the meme of the guy like patting his brow with the sweat looking
1: at two (laughs) buttons I gotta make that tonight (laughs) (laughs) I gotta make that tonight don't let me forget (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) anyway so I say to her I'm not gonna do this and then she does have the line of like because of Zevran and that's about as close as I can get to like the real reason I don't want to do this so Mm -hmm. she brings up Alistair and I'm like that I can get behind that's cool um so I go talk to him and I'm like hey, you, you got all the parts to make this happen, and if you do it, you won't be traumatized and we'll both get to live so, like, I'm gonna yeet you into this room real quick so you have to have, like, a couple, like uh persuasion checks to, like get him to go along with this, cause, like, you know that's not exactly an easy ask to ask somebody um so, we all go back in there and so she's like, okay, are we, are we all agreed now? Is this what's, you know, are we good? And so basically I facilitated Dragon Age's first rival, match.
0: <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, uh, so, you just, so you had Alistair do the smash.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and I see that it still played that cutscene the, the way it plays. It did. Uh, it was a whole okay. thing. Wait, wait, so so does it have Alistair lying on the bed and then Morgan doing the, the sexy walk over? Morgan does the sexy walk over. But the, is Alistair, like, already lying in the bed? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, it, and your warden's not in the picture at all? Nope, just... nope. Okay, that's super That's super weird to me, then. I mean, yeah. it w- it would have been weirder if he was there. I don't really... Well, no, I'm, but I'm saying like, why are you seeing that scene at all? Then, like, yeah, like, the that warden just like walks out and is like, cool. They're gonna go do that. I'm gonna go find Zever and like, yep, pretty much. Uh, okay. Oh, that's 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 weird then. Uh, I I also agree that the sexy walk is strange. Uh, this this game again has very, very of its time views yeah. of, sexy times in general. Uh, yeah, but. So for me, uh, my warden obviously romancing Morgan, and I feel like there there've been a lot of really good points up to this where we, we talked about like in the Brazilian forest where Morgan gives you the ring that that lets you like keep it keep track of each other, and she even brings that up again when you get kidnapped, uh, when you're rescuing when you're wes- oh, God, I can totally talk words uh, when you're rescuing Enora from Howe's Estate um she brings up that the warden has a ring that Morgan like will know exactly where he is uh, mm-hmm. and it's at this point uh so ken we talked about this we've we've actually talked about this a few times so i'm bringing it up here uh the idea that bioware uh likes to write tragic romances mm-hmm. uh and that their tragic romances are actually especially like very good mm-hmm. uh but i at this point, you can go through all these different prompts, you know, these ways to talk, you know, what's going to happen with the child? Is the child going to be evil? Why do you want to do this? What is the ritual involved? You know, mm-hmm. are, am I ever going to see you again? Right. And uh, you can then bring up, you can say, like, have, like, is this why you've been acting this way towards me? Right. Like, basically just ask her a friend like, is this why yeah we were in this relationship uh were you just trying to like seduce me the entire time and she has a surprising moment where she's like i will honestly admit i did not expect this to happen like she knew from the beginning that this was the goal she tells you that Flemeth literally sent morrigan with you for this the express reason of this exact ritual happening and morgan having an old god child Mm -hmm. um for reasons that we will talk about much later in the series very much later actually like i will give credit to this series this is one of the points where i was like wow this has such far-reaching implications Mm -hmm. that it's actually really impressive
1: right
0: um so kudos to dragon age for that uh it did get that one right in my opinion at least but we'll talk more about it later broken clock is right twice a day (laughs) um but she can basically say like this is what i have to do and if you tell me no if you say you don't want to do this i'm still leaving like that's not uh it i thought this was all very interesting because Mm. here you get to see like this is who morgan is you know above everything else she wants knowledge she wants power and she's she's always going to be working on let's say like on a higher plane than you there are like bigger concerns that she is worried about she does not worry so worry as much about like the concerns of smaller things going on like squabbles between kings and all that uh but she does say um you know, it it does like hurt to do this. Right. And, uh, she'll, she'll tell you like, if it's any consolation, it should make this ritual easier knowing how we feel about each other. And, uh, you can eventually say that you will do it. Uh, and, and you can even be like, look, I, what if I want to find you later? Like, what if I don't want you to leave? And she'll be like, no, I will, you will not find me. Um, that is that's the deal and it it just ends up being really sad but like i don't know she like it ends as it like fades into the 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 smash time scene uh she she says something like let us forget about the ritual let's forget about arch demons let's just treat this as like the last night we have together Mm -hmm. right um and all of that is like completely upended by the absolutely ridiculous sexy time walk that then <laughs> happens afterwards. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But it was the moment when I was like, I get why Ken's always going on about these tragic romances. I get it, man. I get this. It this is good. This is tugging at the heartstrings. This is, oh, uh, oh, uh, man, it hurt. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it also just kind of gave me, like I said, an appreciation for how far into the future some of this stuff goes because uh another thing that we haven't talked about yet but like us crowning Alistair Alistair, and anora will have implications in dragon age inquisition mm. and th- even locations in inquisition are referenced like Redcliffe and things like that and and the things that happen there and it's even minor nobles end up coming up in small side quests and things like that like some of the nobles that you bring together for the lands meet will get brought up again in inquisition and so i think throughout this entire end game sequence i was just gaining an appreciation for how massive the world dragon age is but also how it evolves and then is kind of brought back again in inquisition the way that you get to kind of revisit all these things and how the world was changed by the actions of your warden Uh, Something that, like, I I, I commented on in Mass Effect that I like the idea of hopefully getting to see how the world changes depending on your actions. Because I I think in Mass Effect, you don't ever get to see that because everything kind of happens in this very concentrated period of time. Even when you have the time skip between uh, Mass Effect 1 and 2, characters change, but locations largely don't outside of, like, the Citadel. Uh, that's like the one place where you can see how the effects of Mass Effect 1 uh changed this place but uh most of most of these things happen in the immediate they do not happen in long term and in Dragon Age we get to see long term and and whether that's rewarding or not we will definitely talk about but um mm. that's i think that is one thing that i really like about Dragon I... Age in general is just that we get to see that long timeline
1: and i think even uh, like, as much as I harp on how terrible continuity is in Dragon Age and will continue to be for the foreseeable future, uh, I feel like this decision, at least like in an isolated sense, is one of like the stronger... Like, in a world where Dragon Age Origins was the only Dragon Age games, I think it would be one of like the really strong decisions that you have to make in this game that feel maybe not, like, consequential in a way that is knowable, but at least it, it feels like something that gives me pause even now i mean or at least not 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 that i know what happens in the position not really but like at the moment like there is this like it's uh, this unknowable future and this unknowable like consequence of what you're doing that i don't really feel like dragon age origins pulls off at least this well at any other point
0: it's it's just a really yeah like you said it's it's really impressive i think it's brought together by the fact that in some way someone is leaving right in some way this is going to fracture what you know right now as being whole it will fracture that in some way either morgan will leave or alistair or your main character will die Mm -hmm. and you know that you know that it's going to cut in some way i mean also i mean alistair could die and morgan could still leave and all that but it's it's like you understand that there is going to be a fracturing of your party and you have to decide what is important and also, like, what you are willing to do and what you are willing to sacrifice to uphold that. And I th- I just really feel like it's one of the highest notes that mm-hmm. Dragon Age ends on. Because it, after this, there's a lot of things that happen after this, but it feels like the last big decision you make. Yeah. And I, I think really technically it is, you know, unless you count, like, way later on if you actually have to make that choice. But yeah. Uh, right. It is. It's also just framed so well. The Mm -hmm. fact that it happens right before the big battle, you have like one chance in a mulligan, and you've got to decide whether you're willing to take that or not. And also whether you're willing to live with the consequences of what may come of it. Uh, Because I think at this point, they've also set up Morgan very well as being a character that is, even if you are romancing her, even if you are at high appraisal with her, like she is duplicitous. She is playing. A role and she you know she just kind of straight up says like yeah this is the reason why i was traveling with you like there are a lot of conversations that happen earlier on where she's just like oh i wanted to see the world and you know i just i thought it was all cool and she's like no i just wanted to do this one thing and once that's done i'm gone like that's what i'm here for and it's a gut punch in a way because again you think about the characters that have been with you the most it's like alistair and then morgan Mm -hmm. like those two are always the longest with you so right uh oh, buddy. So <laughs> we gather our troops and we head off to Denarim, having done done the dirty deed, done dirt cheap. With uh, for for me it was with the warden, and for Ken it was with Alistair. Um, we take off. By the way, like that doesn't affect the marriage between Enora and Alistair, right? Mm. No. Okay. That's that's that's, I,
1: the, that's their dirty little secret. <laughs>
0: That is a little side thing. Um, oh, by the way, and we get to we get to Denerim and we we see that the Darkspawn have taken over. And we we get into the big fight. So it's like we're finally having this big fight. We get to fight through denrim to Fort Draken, where Riordan says we're going to lure the Archdemon to, so we can fight uh, the Archdemon there, uh, and this part is both really cool and really jarring it like reminded me that oh right this game kind of does this thing where it will introduce ideas that are just one-offs because it was just like hey what if we did this right. you know, what if we tried this in some ways it's like really impressive that they managed to put all this stuff in there like oh hey we put a whole metroidvania inside the fade and you know that sucked but i didn't have to they tried one, okay. it i
1: guess <laughs> like Um, it is one of those things like what what was the thing you said about final fantasy 15 all those years like it runs into its walls like with like in like full force or something like that
0: it it runs into walls full force like that's what i've always said about final fantasy 15 is that it definitely runs into walls but it does it like so hard that it leaves a final fantasy 15 shaped hole where it went through like like Mm -hmm. a cartoon like it just did not hit the brakes at all and i i appreciate that and i actually like this section because it feels like it both rewards you for like, like it reminds you of the choices that you've made and how those have very tangible effects on the field because as we fight through each section of denarim uh we can either go straight to where the archdemon is or we can fight through its generals to like get a leg up on the archdemon before we get there uh and also like prevent more damage to the city that needs to be done uh we have the option of calling in our armies mm-hmm. and those are the various uh forces that we have brought to bear to help us uh f- i think for both of us the choices that we've made so far uh, we both would have had humans just mm-hmm. so, like humans from Redcliff, uh elves the dalish elves dwarves and mages Mm -hmm. and that would have been the four options we had yeah uh the other options would have obviously been the flip side of some of those choices we could have made like uh werewolves or uh golems and i think that's what that fifth slot would have been Mm. if we if we had kept the anvil i don't know if there's a separate option between like uh if there's a separate option between hey here's uh dwarves and then here's calling golems because i've never made that choice so i don't know what that fifth empty slot is but um it is cool that you can make those choices i actually i didn't have to use them until i was in the alien age yeah the first i found the market was pretty easy to clear with just my team yeah. and i was trying to you can lose once you call in a force they like help you in that area but you lose right. units as you fight. So uh, I tried to not use them unless I had to. So, mm-hmm. um, But you also have to make a choice about who you bring with you. Uh, so at this point, you basically like split the party and you say, hey, these three are coming with me to go fight the Archdemon. And then the rest of the party is hanging behind to hold the gate so no more dark spawn get into Denarim behind us. Uh, and that's where you get to kind of do your goodbyes. So for me uh i brought alistair morgan and win uh but you do say goodbye to like every character mm-hmm. most of them are pretty like straightforward i right. you know they're just like oh it was nice traveling with you wow what a crazy yeah kooky adventure we had uh for morgan though i will bring up and you actually also had this option where you can be like i will find you mm-hmm. like I, and, and it's kind of interesting because you have two a few different options. You can be like, oh, I thought you might have changed your mind. Or I'm I'm kind of hoping that you'll stick around or whatever. But you you can also just be like, I will find you. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, I'm not letting you get away. Right. And and that's
1: like sweet if you're in a romance. But like, Adam, why the fuck would I give a shit? Yeah. I'm not the one that <laughs> yeah. had this baby. Why, why do you care? Why would I yeah.
0: care? <laughs> that was the option I took. Mm-hmm. Um, Granted,
1: like, I mean, I... I will. Feel, I do feel like Morgan is like the one of, of these conversations that really hit me because it, she is like, "This is it. Like this is. I'm leaving after this, and we are ostensibly never going to see each other again." And I was right. like, "That was the one that I was like, okay, you got me." Uh, the rest of them
0: is just very much like, "Okay, final battle. Wow, let's do this. Like even Stenny's just basically like, cool, the thing I wanted to do. Finally, we get to do it. Let's no. kill some dark spawn.'" <laughs> um, I left behind Ogrin in charge ogren in charge of our gate <laughs> I had to I had to make a joke I'm sorry you know can do you know what charles in charge is Mm-mm. okay never mind so for the listeners out there who do know what charles in charge is that that one was for you ogren in charge please photoshop that for me <laughs> it, it was an old sitcom uh but I don't know. I, I left kind of a skeleton crew behind because you don't really have to do a lot in the fights to to do anything here. I really like... Um, <laughs> why'd you have to post that? In <laughs> Normandy... If Ken made the meme, everybody. Ken made the meme. Over, Good job, Ken. Over on Normandy of him show <laughs> on Twitter. If you, want, if you want behind the scenes, the tweet that is now live Ken literally just posted. <laughs> um but uh yeah it's it's just kind of a moment where you get to like say goodbyes and then i guess if you were going into this where your warden would die in this situation then it is kind of sad yeah uh, because this is like last moments but overall um it just kind of felt like i was okay we're doing the goodbye thing again and like you said only morgan like really stood out to me
1: yeah
0: anyway uh, yeah so we get further into the city uh we do get some extra stuff with the alienage if you are city elf uh if you're anyone else you have to convince shiani to to back you up in the alienage uh but if you are city elf she will back you up immediately although you can say like hey hang back i don't want you to be in danger like just defend your houses don't stand at the gates uh which i did because i didn't want shiani to die but uh we we fight our way through and and get all the way to uh, the palace gates. And this is where we get a cutscene where Riordan just jumps onto the back of the Archdemon and mm-hmm. starts just stabbing the shit out of it like it's Shadow of the Colossus, like just really going to town on that bad boy. And then he stabs its wing and falls to its death, and, and Riordan is dead. So uh, there goes one option for Sacrifice uh, to the to the archdemon. Riordan is dead because he's a moron. <laughs>
1: he, he at least know, helped man. us out. Like the archdemon can no longer fly for like a finite period of the time. So it's down here where we can fight it. I guess. I guess. Don't be saying rude things we've about got, my boy Riordan. X
0: we've got X number of gray wardens man we gotta we gotta make them count all right uh, we keep on fighting through the fort we get was maybe one of my favorite scenes in all of uh dragon age origins which is you go into a room and there's just dead dark spawned everywhere mm-hmm. and sandal is just standing there and if you ask him like you can it's kind of the last shop buy of the game and you can also enchant there as well but if you ask him what happens he just says enchantment mm-hmm. and i was like that was the moment where i was like oh my god sandal rules
1: there's something about <laughs> this this dude that like we don't really know what's going- like forget the old gods, forget <laughs> Solus.
0: forget every Corypheus, like, Sandal. Sandal is the true power. <laughs> oh my god. Um, it was great. Uh, at this point, I was, like, chugging down potions too, so I was like, cool, yep. like, that one fight against the assassin that you have, I had to redo a couple times, because if you mess up positioning or if you just like don't chuck a potion in time you just lose a character and like you basically get one revive a fight in this game with the way that wins spell works because it's like 160 second cooldown so uh hey i had to kind of just be like okay well let's let's get through this and we finally get to the arch demon um ken you tried blood controlling the arch demon i just figured it was worth a shot it's it's not a bad idea. I don't know. It's fine. All right. So Ken, I killed the arch demon in one go because I'm a true gamer.
1: Oh, uh, who played right.
0: on easy mode? We should mm. really reiterate that here. Well, I don't know uh, if you know, gays don't play video games. At at this point, actually, I will say that I was beyond the fact that the enemies were all kind of dying in one hit, anyways, which I think happened on normal as well. Uh, I was kind of just mowing through most of the encounters pretty easily mm. at this point, to the point where I was like, maybe I should bump up the difficulty. But I, I was on a time crunch. So right. I was like, okay. Um, the Arch Demon fight was fairly straightforward for me. I mean, the I, before I, you talk about it, because you got a whole damn paragraph here. Um, the one thing I think is really cool about the Arch Demon fight is that a bunch of named characters show up and fight alongside you. Mm. So like Arl Eamon shows up, uh enchanter irving shows up uh the the dude from the legion of the dead is there and he just goes ham on the the dragon like if you sided with the werewolves then swift runner will be there Mm. like it's there's there's like cool choices that happen there that's like hey remember like all these characters that i i almost wish they gave it a little bit more fanfare like you went up the stairs and saw everybody there because there's actually a great moment i forgot to mention where after you clear the city gates you go like running in with your party to to start storming down and all the soldiers make like a line to the gates and they're like cheering you on as you run down it and i was like oh that's cool there's like a lot of really nice little neat touches in this section uh that that like give it that epic grand battle feeling Mm. uh and I wish, I wish this was the one part that got a little bit more fanfare, where, like, oh, hey, here's all these characters that you know and love, and they're going to help you kill the giant dragon. Like, awesome. And instead, I just kind of, like, stabbed it a lot, and then I shot a ballista at it a mm-hmm. lot, like, a lot a lot. Like, it just kind of stood there and let me shoot a ballista at it for, like, an normally long amount of time, and then mm-hmm. I just stabbed it much more it was dead. Like, it took me maybe three minutes, maybe five minutes mm-hmm. um, okay. total from, like, starting up the stairs for the cutscene to, like, the end of the cutscene where you've killed the Archdemon, so.
1: Hmm. Um, Ken, tell me about the Archdemon fight. So it was this point that I realized that I'm probably underleveled. Like, I didn't do... Like, basically, if we weren't covering it for the show, I didn't do it. Uh, so the troll for me wasn't the Archdemon itself because it was it is a very standard part of this fight. If you got the bullets as you just shoot at it repeatedly... And i found that if i didn't attack like my like if i personally did not attack the Archdemon with like a spell my team would stay like with me without me having to like worry about managing them so we mm-hmm. kind of stood behind the ballista for a while and then when you get it to be about half health it brings in this like swarm of dark spawn, and while still like a lot of the lower ranking ones are you know still the one-hit knockout you know really easy things to deal with especially when i'm I've got, like, area of effect spells I can just throw down and just take out a bunch of them at once. When it gets to, like, the slightly higher tiers, because there are, like, boss-tiered uh, enemies in these uh. Did these you, hmm.
0: you killed the generals, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, hold on. No, no, no. I guess that's something I forgot to mention. There's a point in coming through Denarum where, like, you can go out of your way to kill generals. Otherwise, they show up in the fight. Um, so, my trouble is when... When the Dark Spawn started to show up, they would very easily overwhelm my party of underleveled characters. So what I ended up... I had to kind of use more strategy than I really anticipated having to. And um, what I would do is I would use some area effect spells like uh, Blizzard or uh, Tempest. I think it's called like the, the equivalent of, for the electric spells to kind of cover the area around a Ballista. And my, me and my party would kind of stay in there. And that would... You know, Very quickly take out the all the lower tiered enemies that I could beat in one hit. But all the ones that are kind of the higher tiers, they would take damage from those spells as well. But my party would have to kind of like handle them while I used the Ballista. Um, this worked for a while until the archdemon ended up flying over to the other side of the whole area again. So we kind of had to like weather that for a bit. And then in the process of getting me get into the Ballista, I lost everyone but me and Zevran. Um, and that required, like, a lot of me going back and forth between me and Wynne using Revive. Uh, but what what I ended up doing that kind of, like, I guess cheesed my way through this was somehow, in the midst of all of this, while I'm shooting the Archdemon with a Ballista, Zevran glitched under the ground where only, like, his head was popping out. And the Mm -hmm. Darkspawn would still go for him, but they couldn't, like, hit him. Like, it didn't... Yeah. So, they... He was basically tanking for me while I shot the Archdemon. And then at the near the very, very, very end, the somehow I guess like he glitched just right through the floor where the dark spawn couldn't beat him again, and then so Zevran died and they were coming for me, but I used the ballista and it got the dark spawn that were coming for me first, and then I took down the Arch Demon. This interesting. is interesting. This is not a, a video podcast, but I'm finger gunning at my laptop right now.
0: <laughs>
1: um Yeah, I don't know, I just stabbed it a bunch. Uh, I feel like, like it,
0: it barely had time to spawn any mobs because of how fast I did damage to it. No <laughs> mm.
1: and that was the but thing I, is, like I don't remember this fight ever being hard before, but I guess just because like the way that we were playing this game and But did like, you
0: you called in armies, right? Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I called in I called in the humans. I, I was like I think I did as well. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, let's just get some fodder in there. I kinda just use them as fodder. Because like the dwarves are really good. I use the dwarves in the alienage because they were like close range fighters. I used the the archers when I was holding the gates with my other companions because like I had Sten and Ogre in there. We didn't mention that by the way. There's like a short segment where you have to play as the other half of the party that defends the gates. Uh, which is kind of annoying if you Yeah, like are, I like, didn't know just... any
1: of I would say I didn't know anybody's like move that really. So I switched exactly. to Morrigan, because I was like, that the learning curve will probably be smaller there? Haha, <laughs> um, Yeah, it's...
0: I, I just had the elves there, and then Ogren and Sten just stand there and, like, meet shield while the elves kill everything. I didn't lose a single elf throughout this entire, like, yep. section, which mm. is great. Uh, and then the mages actually probably took the biggest hit, because I used them on running up the steps to Fort Draken, mm. which... And they uh, already have, like,
1: smaller for- like a smaller number of forces than anybody else. Yeah, I only had, like, 13 mages. Yeah, and I saw one right.
0: of them, like, I hit the button that, like, called the horn to bring them in. And one of them literally appeared out of nowhere in front of an ogre. And the <laughs> ogre just picked up a boulder and, like, demolished him and he died. And that that Great. was, like, that was that mage's contribution to the fight. That was somebody's uh, son. Yeah. That was, that was a dumbass right there, I tell you what. <laughs> um, so... Uh we kill the archdemon and for for you,
1: Alistair grabs the blade well, and no, no, like ki- apparently the warden kills regardless. I don't know Wait, how really? yeah, I don't know how Morrigan's whole thing worked, but I was able to kill the Archdemon and it'd be fine.
0: That's weird.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. I thought I thought that was a case of like if Alistair did the deed, then Alistair does the stabbing, but okay well then we got the same cutscene where our warden like grabs a sword and kills our steven uh and a great pillar of light happens and all that um and we get we get kind of a final epilogue now so it, it's at this point we get we get the epilogue of the game where we can talk to all of well first we we get introduced by alistair who's now the king of pharrell and he gives us this big standing ovation in front of the the room court uh, and then he asks us like as the hero of Ferelden do you have any requests like anything that the king of Ferelden can give you mm. and I, I, it looks like we both chose our origin specific one so you uh, went with uh, you want the circle given independence mm. did that feel weird knowing how this plays out overall yeah I was like again
1: like nothing in this game matters
0: yeah, which for for those at home, uh, the circle does not have independence. Nope. It, once you start the next few games, that does not happen.
1: And it will not for a while. It won't have nothing to do with my character.
0: And and mine's kind of a little similar, so I can choose to say that I want my my people to uh, to stop being like subservient to everyone else, to be like a lo- stop being a lower class.
1: You saved and, and Fenris. So... What's up? You saved Fenris.
0: Oh, is that is that how that works? No. Actually, I don't remember Fenris's backstory, that I think about it. It's been a long He's, time since I've been. He
1: is on a slave.
0: Games. Oh, okay. Um so you can actually say like Alistair will be like, cool, we should just make the alienage its own uh its own entity and it mm. will have a ban, just like all the others do. Um and and you can either you can either elect to be the ban of the alienage, or you can put forward uh, Shiani, who is your cousin. Yeah. Uh, which is what I did, uh, and I thought that was very nice. I, yeah, I thought that was cool, and that gets reflected in in the epilogue as well. And I was like, oh, that's that's good. Like it felt like a good resolution of all the things that happened with. The things that happen at the start of the game and all the injustices there, and the way your character can kind of be like, Yeah, elves kind of get treated like shit all the time. And then finally, you can have like that one moment of, Okay, Alistair's on the throne. He's cool. And we're going to like actually affect change and and like start to change things. Um, that was like a good feeling. Yeah. And then Alistair's like, Hey, what's up? Like, what are you doing now? And I basically tell him, I'm going to go find Morgan. Mm. Like that's my, my headcanon uh, when I romance Morgan in this game is that my warden is like, I'm, I'm going to go find her. Right. Like, that's, you know, I'm not letting her get away like that. So right. um, that's, that was for me. I, I'm interested to hear. So, I mean, we go through, we talk to everybody. We can kind of get little, like resolutions where, again, these are not like big defining things. We can, for some characters, as I'm sure you will talk about, uh, you can kind of be like, hey, why don't you keep adventuring with me and stuff like that. Um, Leliana goes to take care of the Urn of Sacred Ashes mm-hmm. and be its protector. Um, I think that might change if she's hardened, but I'm not sure. Um, for you, for me, my father showed up uh, from the City Elf Origin. For mm. you, Enchanter Irving showed up. yeah. Um, and when so this is this is what interested me when i talked to win okay it did happen for you as well she says that she was asked to be first enchanter but she wants to be a magical advisor to alistair yeah um oh, ogren is just drinking which again i was like that was kind of the point where i was like all oh, right like ogren did not develop as a character for me that's neat
1: mm-hmm. um
0: sten has a surprisingly sweet resolution yeah uh, where he's like oh I, I understand the concept of hero now you're a hero. Um. And and we can talk to Honora as well, and and uh, kind of like just get old teas, like oh their their marriage is going to be so silly and all that. Um, I, I want to hear about your your Zevran stuff.
1: Yeah. So um, when you said that you were gonna go find Morgan, I was gonna be like true to my words. Like I told Alistair that I was gonna be like here. Like if I was gonna put him on the throne, I was gonna be here to kind of like help him through that process of being king and so I was like you know true to my word I'm gonna stay here with you I'm, I'll be you know whatever title you want to give me I am here to help you make this work and then so as I go to talk to Zevran he's gonna like so you you want to stay in dinner then and I was like I mean yeah cause this is you know what I promised to do and he said I'm worried about the crows finding me in any hmm. sort of way yeah. and if I stay here with you in dinner then it's more likely they will and so I just said to him, "Well, I won't stay here if you're not going to stay with me." And he said, basically something along the lines of, like, "We can figure that out some other time than other than right now at this party."
0: Hmm. It's it so it, and after we do all these conversations, we kind of go into a final epilogue where which goes, are not like, canon. So, who cares? Sp- so that's what I was going to talk about was that um, we get these slides that basically say how all this stuff turned out um i mean some of them are are theoretically canon like Balin. obviously if because i think if like that will obviously have have an effect on things to come and all that like it talks about how Balin was a reformer but then also kind of seized power at the same time became a bit of a tyrant um and uh the dalish uh get some land south of ostagar and and kind of are more accepted in my in my playthrough they were like more accepted because of the alien ages uh presence in politics uh there there were a lot of nice little end card things uh not a lot of them outside of like morgan's you know that one leaves it with like morgan was seen heading west of the frostback mountain frost rock frost back or frost rock I can't remember. Yeah. west of the mountains that we visited to go to Orzamar, which is like the westernmost place that you go to in the the campaign. Um, so she's heading off way to the west. Uh, and people who saw a person that looked like her uh, also noted that she was with child. Um, and it kind of leaves everything off. It like it, it leaves a cliffhanger uh that teases things to come in awakening and all that and there's even a uh a teaser for it in in the epilogue where alistair is talking about how there's a land that he's setting aside for the gray wardens Mm -hmm. to retake and all that so like sets up awakening very well but i so part of me is like dragon age origins ends on kind of a flat note Mm-hmm. because it feels very uneventful and anticlimactic in a way but at the same time the one thing that I really like about this and, and we were actually talking about this before we, we came on the podcast but like the idea that in Mass Effect everything kind of revolved around Shepard and uh, characters were the things that happened to them often either had to happen off screen between games or happen in the presence of Shepard And what I like about this ending is, and really Dragon Age in general, is the idea that you are just kind of playing a character at a point in history, kind of like you're just this omniscient presence that is coming into this universe. And you are taking control of a character during a very critical point in history in which they had a direct hand on events. Like you're playing the greatest hero of that time. But at the end of the day, this world will keep turning whether you are present in it or not, and many of the way the many of the character stories end, they're like, yeah, you know, this was great fun, you know, it was cool. We had all these awesome adventures together. I'll never forget you, but it's time to move on to the next thing, and I'm going to go do the next thing, and that's that's not with you. Like many of those characters are like, I'm not, I'm not staying here, and you can even say like, I'm not staying here either. I'm going to go do this thing, and so while i didn't like the epilogue cards the little like animal house here's where they are now thing i did really like the way that it ended just the feeling of everything that it was like that was the end of the adventure like Mm -hmm. end of the story everyone went on their own paths there may be more adventures in this world and they may involve the warden and they may not but Mm -hmm. uh We'll see you mm. next time. And and I kind of, I liked that. I mean, obviously, as we've talked about many times, like it, it made it so it wrapped conclusively for that game as a whole. And if it was like standing by itself, it would just be this very conclusive wrapping to this to the mm. universe. Uh, and when they have to reopen those threads later on, that does create problems. But overall, I think I ended dragon age origins liking it more than i thought i would Mm. like there are definitely still problems that i had with it there are problems that i expect i will continue to feel as we go into awakening and and witch hunts but uh overall i really enjoyed my my time with it just seeing what this game was like but also as i mentioned earlier in this episode like gaining a greater appreciation for the lore and the world Mm. and, and the universe that this is all set in and the potential there is in the future for things to develop. Mm -hmm. Uh, So
1: like, what were your feelings after like seeing the credits roll? I think to its credit. And, and this is obviously just because of like the nature and like the sort of ideas behind the game as it was being designed, that it was going to be this singular story. I will give origins the credit that it, does end conclusively it ends with a pretty like definitely more so than any other game in the series it ends with like a strong like handful of endings as opposed to like a singular one um Mm -hmm. and that is very representative of like how you played it and you know what you thought was worth giving up for whatever ending you chose um But you know, like as as I said several times in the season, on a granular scale, Origins is kind of a handicap for the series and remains so even into Inquisition, where like you have enacted so much change on a small scale, or not even like on on a huge scale of you know Ferelden that is just never that it is either wiped away, it is rewritten, it is ultimately made meaningless, and I just don't. It's a weird thing. It's part of my weirdly complicated feelings on this franchise, because, like, if you were to put down a piece of paper in front of me and told me to write down my top ten games, Dragon Age Inquisition, specifically, would probably end up somewhere in, like, the lower half of those games, Mm -hmm. um, depending on the day. Um, But it's, like... And I feel like even when it gets to games that I, like, I really do love, which are Dragon Age 2 and Inquisition, I feel like it's just going to become more apparent to me instead of less apparent... Just how stitched together this franchise is. And like where it feels like Bioware is making things up as they're going along. By design, like for, in the transition from Origin to 2. And maybe by like a perception of necessity between 2, Inquisition and whatever is coming next. So, I don't know. I I feel like I, like I came into this game ready to get to Dragon Age 2, but the more, like, the longer we have spent in this game and in this world, the more I'm wondering, like, are the things that I have major problems with this series, like, are they ever gonna get resolved? Are they ever going to be fixed? Because I'm starting to feel like they're probably not going to be, and we can get into more specifics when we get to, like, Inquisition, but I don't know. Like, I am more bummed out at the end of this game than I thought I could possibly be at the beginning I think
0: the interesting thing about that is that like when we talk about Mass Effect we just have the Mass Effect series right and it's it kind of all takes place outside of Andromeda and some of like the supplemental material even the supplemental material is all all either very focused on Shepard and stories surrounding Shepard and the characters that Shepard interacts with or in the case of uh, Andromeda, like Ryder and the Arcs, mm-hmm. And, and R- Andromeda was maybe like starting to venture into where this goes, but when you look at things like, say, Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, universes like that, and, and when I say universes, I mean like whole universes where all these stories are taking place all the time, where you can have this sort of thing where like Baldur's Gate and Planescape Torment and Icewind Dale and Neverwinter Nights, like all these things can start to spawn out of fantasy universes that are all like largely unconnected stories you know there might be you know lore like in-universe things that connect them together but almost like comic books like the mcu you know each story is its own thing until you get to something that is large and overarching like say your inquisitions because i would argue that even dragon age origins is very concentrated because we get the sense that this is all kind of taking place within ferelden and the locale of ferelden mm. and we're still kind of learning what right. that means in the scope of thedas as a whole and mm. and it feels like what they're teasing for dragon age 4 is an expansion of that scope because obviously like to get way ahead of ourselves inquisition ends with or inquisition specifically trespasser ends with a teaser of them going to a completely new uh area that we have not been to in the dragon age universe that is like a big deal but inquisition is mostly within the land of like ferelden and orlay right Mm. and it's it kind of largely just takes place there and and it's probably the largest scale we have but you look at like dragon age 2 it's this like very concentrated story inside kirkwall and I think there's just a difference in approach in world building and universe building between those things. And I think that that's maybe where I see why you're, you you don't enjoy it as much because it is like when you, every time you tell me Ken about like the reasons why you like mass effects, a lot of it comes back to like Shepard as a character and what that like growth with Shepard and the characters that grow alongside them mean to you. Mm. And Dragon Age has never really tried to do that same thing. Most games have never tried to do that same thing. Um mm. I'm I'm hard-pressed to think of really any game that has a character that develops as much as Commander Shepard does over the course of multiple games the way it does. I mean like you have like Telltale projects where you have character identities developing over the course of several episodes, but that's about, like, the closest thing I can think of, uh, where those choices really carry over one. Right, but I...
1: But on that note, I'd, I think, like, yeah, Dragon Age maybe at one point didn't try to do that, but then they started establishing stuff like well, the, okay, the Keep, yeah. so and, like... like
0: that, yeah, that's where I was going was that Dragon Age kind of wants to have its cake and eat it, too. Right, Like, it wants to... It wants to be these disparate stories that take place within a larger universe and have a grander scale. And even in the case of like what I am now imagining is going to be a very contentious episode of Dragon Age Acquisition, like make you make choices about characters that you have a significant amount of investment in from previous games. And uh all of that I find really fascinating because I just again I talked about it at the beginning of this series, um, specifically the, the Dragon Age portion was that whereas Mass Effect is the one that is remembered and I think rightly so uh, Dragon Age for me has always been the one that's a little bit more ambitious it's trying to bite off more than it can chew pretty frequently and I I just keep hitting that point where I'm like I have issues with it but I just appreciate that it really goes for that because we've talked about it so many times but there are like no other companies that make Games like this. There are some that are trying to right now, and I mean, like the the closest thing we have is as we've talked about is like Greedfall, or maybe you get into things that are like um, the older school CRPGs, which are making something of a comeback with things like Divinity: Original Sin Two, um, Baldur's Gate, the upcoming Baldur's Gate Three, but it's it's so hard to make rpgs of the scale nowadays i mean like you literally have to go to persona to find other games doing things that are kind of similar with like social links and choices meaning things over time but i yeah i guess to to like wrap up dragon age origins it is like it's it's the origin story right we're like setting Mm. now we've set the table we understand this universe. We've got a grasp on who these characters are. We've been introduced to some of its biggest players that we may not know it yet. Characters like Morgan and Liliana. Uh even Alistair, now that we have made him not a drunk. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's. I'm very interested to start getting into... I think we're at this point now where we're like, okay, we know what this universe is. And we've seen it kind of messily establish that. Let's see what can be done in it. And I feel like that's where Dragon Age Two comes in. But before we get there, we gotta go to Dragon Age Awakening. You know, we gotta it, go.
1: I would be like totally down to skip Awakening if it weren't for the fact that like two of the most important characters of all of Dragon Age are in that fucking game.
0: It's and i've never personally played it so i feel like it is important that i get that context um so just a reminder for those at home again, yeah, we are normandy fm we have a patreon that helps keeps keep the lights on around here you can tell how tired i am from this last week uh boston was a heck of a time uh we we have a patreon patreon.com slash normandy where uh, you can help keep the lights on around here, pay for our SoundCloud costs, and, and get us towards some of those higher tiers where we will eventually be able to play more Bioware games. Like for example, Jade Empire is our next tier. If you want to see that, if you want to hear that, uh, you can head over to Patreon.com/NormDfm and back us there and help us get there. Uh, if not, that's cool. Just head over to twittercom show and uh, you can follow us there and see all our updates there and, and keep up with us that way uh we are oh i i do need to shout out for mm-hmm. our wonderful patrons who who donate a certain tier to get that shout out every week y'all are great thank you so much kevin kulikowski Ginny Wu, chris johns and anthony Mathias. y'all rule thank you so much for for contributing if you want your name shout out you can head over to the patreon and donate at that tier you will get added to that uh next week we start awakening we will uh head in with the assault on vigil's keep uh, and we'll probably spend a lot of time just talking about the differences between awakening and origins and how it kind of fits into the larger uh context of dragon age origins and dragon age in general uh and then we'll have awaken the awakening the week after followed by companion quests we will have a caitlin uh, Glee's Rowe back on to talk for a little bit of stuff about one uh, very motherly character. Mm. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Uh, and then we will close out Dragon Age Origins as a whole on April. It, let's say in April because after this week I'm not setting dates for us anymore. But <laughs> uh, Let's say in April, the start of April, uh, we will end with Witch Hunt which we are doing uh it's it's a short it's a shorter dlc but we're doing that just so we can uh get that last little bit of morrigan lore in there uh, we won't be doing any of the things like a Liliana song although i may look into the dlc just to make sure i'm aware of what's in it so we can talk about it if we want to talk about it but we won't be officially doing a big recap episode for that also won't be doing things like dark spawn chronicles any of the other uh like dlcs that are in dragon age origins both because uh they're not as critical to the whole of dragon age and also because like y'all we have finite amounts of time every week i'm like playing a game for uh impressions right now so uh please please we do need to do things other than play dragon age (laughs) um i'll put a bow on it for dragon age origins ken are, are you ready Are you ready to be that much closer to getting onto Dragon Age 2? Yes, we're so close, Ken. Until next time, that's us. We'll see you next time.
1: We have watched and waited.